Welcome to Newborn to Teen and Everything in Between, the podcast from Bespoke Family. I'm Bex. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us as we tackle the ups and downs of life with children, helping you to get the best out of your time together. No rules, no judgment, just guidance. So grab a cuppa and let's get started with today's episode. Hello and welcome to today's podcast, which is all about nighttime dryness or nighttime not dryness in some some instances. <laughs> um, depends on how you look at it. And we had a lot of people, we asked about what people would like us to cover in terms of potty training, and we had a lot of people talking about nighttime dryness. And, you know, as a parent who's been through this whole kind of getting children dry in the day, the nighttime really does feel like a massive challenge <laughs> when yeah. you know you kind of think oh well that's fine they can go to the toilet they're all good and then all of a sudden it's like oh <laughs> they still need a nappy at night or they are wetting the bed if you take their nappies off so I think it's important to kind of just go through it Claire we need you we need you <laughs> I think it's the Probably the biggest thing with this is the expectation that once you've toilet trained in the day, that naturally nights will just happen and that they will happen around the same time. And I think it's really important for everyone to know that it can take quite a bit longer for this to establish. It doesn't happen at the same time necessarily. Now, it does for some children. Um, it can all just coincide together and you can find that you toilet train them and then they're like, nope, no more nappies, I'm okay and they can go through the night because they've got everything in place that they need, um, mainly down to the hormone that we need in order to help with like urine production overnight, which I'll come into in a bit more detail. But there are other children that may be fully toilet trained in the day, uh, you know, from two but may not be dry at night until nearer to you know four or five years old so it is understanding that they don't necessarily coincide with each other and happen at the same time and not to be stressed or worried at this point if you have toilet trained your child and they're showing no signs of kind of going dry dry at night it may just take a little bit longer there may be other reasons which might need to be just checked out, but on the whole, it can just take a little bit of time um, for them to fully develop, to be able to do the overnights without having an access. When we talk about being dry overnight, mm. do we mean that they have their bedtime routine, mm -hmm. they... As part of their bedtime routine, they go for a kind of the last wee of the night... Yep. They go to bed and then they just they they don't go for a wee until they wake up in the morning. Is that kind of the or that they may I, wake up in the night and say idea. they need to go for a wee because that can happen. Depends on how much they've drunk in the day. And but they like can that. hold it. They would naturally kind of hold it, wake up, go to the toilet, go back to bed. Um, or, but they have instigated that, that they know their body, the brain and the bladder are talking to each other and going, I I'm, I'm full and actually I can't go all night without going for a wee. 
or that they can go all night and then they wake up in the morning and they do their first morning wee on the toilet. That is what nighttime dryness is. It's not a case of... Um, if you're still finding that they've got wet nappies in the mornings, um, if they, you know, if they're not able to go all night and wake up to go for a wee independently and they're having accidents, then they aren't ready to be dry at night. Right. Okay. So I know that there are some stats on this. There are. Um, yeah so do you want to just say because i do think that when i heard about these stats i was quite shocked yeah i think i i thought it would be much more children that would dry through the night than there actually are yep so looking at the stats and so there's 20 percent of four to five year olds and 10 percent of seven year olds that are wet through the night um, and so bedwetting can also run in families. So if one parent has wet the bed um, as a child, there's a 40% chance that your child will too. And if both parents um, did wet the bed, then there's a 70% chance that they will wet the bed as well. But it is no one's fault. No, That no, is the key no, part. Absolutely. Like it yeah. really, I think there's such a stigma around this it potty training in general seems to be a very kind of everyone has an opinion about it everyone is quite worked up about it i think it's probably the one thing when we cover it in any of our social media and anything else it's the one thing that parents seem most anxious about that it has to be done at a certain time it has to be followed around the same time as friends and peers there's this drive that it can be done in three days, that they don't regress, that once it's done, it's done. And then this whole thing about going dry at night and not needing a nappy. There's, there seems to be a huge amount of pressure around timings and age and ability when it comes to toilet training. And I think it puts massive unnecessary pressure on parents and on children and... I think take out the stigma that if your child still needs to have a nappy on or a pull up or whatever, then ultimately, you know, as long as there's no other underlying issues, this is just a natural part of development. Like you can't, you can't make a child learn to walk. You can't make a child learn, you know, to, you can encourage them and you can give them the opportunities and that's the same for potty training and nighttime dryness. They will come when that child is ready and developmentally ready. And don't feel forced to achieve something because it will only cause upset to you and upset to your child. And it's just not worth it. Um, kind of, if you can, take out that kind of, that that background noise of everyone giving their opinion and just trust in your child and you and knowing each other and knowing what's right don't you think that sometimes it's just because it's such an inconvenience and it's so messy so you know mm -hmm. the whole kind of you know we've been through it as much as any other parent have you know you hear the mommy 
and you just know that this means that you're going to have to go and you're going to have to change the whole bed and mm -hmm. you know that whole thing because there comes a point when your child says to you I don't want to wear pull-ups anymore yep. I don't want to wear a nappy in bed and that then is you know their friends aren't or they're going on a sleepover or you know whatever it is and then you're like right okay and then you get in and it can be more than one time in the night as well mm -hmm. you know if you if they're if they're wet you know believe yep. me we've been there got the t-shirt massively mm -hmm. you know I mean <laughs> I know that there are reasons why people children do it so mm -hmm. Can you just go, I mean, and, and I know they can be very different for, you know, the, it's not like just because, and, and actually the first thing to say is they're not lazy. And I think sometimes mm -hmm. like Rich used to get quite cross, you know, mm. that they were not like, well, why have you not gone to the toilet? You know, mm -hmm. and it's like, no, you need to not get cross because then it gets, you know, and eventually, you know, we all kind of get used to it. Yeah. But, you know, it's not like you said, it's no one's fault. It's not their fault. It's not your fault. It's just a natural thing. It's a life but, uh, and skill. And there are reasons. Yeah, it is, and it's yeah. a life skill that takes practice. And ultimately, mm. what's even harder is you're relying on your body to be ready. Um, you're relying on the bladder and the brain communicating effectively and having everything working together in order for your child to be able to achieve this. And so it is really hard. And when a child says to you, I don't want to wear a nappy anymore. I don't want to wear my pull up. I want, you know, I want to be without it I, I want to be like my friends they don't wear one etc etc I think it's you know being really honest with them and giving them the information again age dependent but you know if it's a littler one and they're saying to you I don't want to wear my pull up it's going to them okay that's absolutely fine but if you do a wee in the night and you don't know about it you're going to you know you're going to get a wet bed and you're going to be wet and it's not going to be very nice let's should we try and make a deal let's see if you can do you know in five nights let's see in the morning is your pull up dry when you wake up and you go to the toilet and you do your your wee then um if it is then that's your body's way of starting to tell you that you're ready to not have a pull up at night so let's try let's start tonight we and we do the process and we'll talk through that whole process of kind of helping lead into nighttime dryness if your child's ready but involve them in it explain to them explain to them how their body works and what they need and all those sorts of things so the biggest one and kind of those kind of reasons why we might see nighttime um wetting um and not achieving nighttime dryness and i think the biggest one and this is without a doubt what children need in order to achieve kind of nighttime dryness and that is where we have the release of a hormone called vasopressin and so basically it is released in the brain and it goes it acts to the kidneys um and it ultimately controls our urine production overnight and so if your child has not started to release 
this hormone yet, then actually the brain isn't talking to the kidneys. So the kidneys are working like they do in the day. And so they're going, well, we'll just keep on producing this urine and your little one is fast asleep and not getting those signals. It's just not happening. But once this hormone kicks in, it's that hormone that goes, okay, we suppress that production overnight, but it's also then the brain going to the bladder. Okay, this is nighttime. I'm working on reducing your urine production, but that's why you need a wee in the morning. Um, and that's, you know, that sort of thing. Mm. Now, some children can have um, quite low levels of vasopressin. And so that can then mean that they pass a lot of urine in the night. So if you have a child who's really wet in the morning and through their um, pull up or um, their nappy and you notice that it's actually kind of probably all, you know, the bed's wet as well, then that could be the case. But it might not be. Again, this is down to age. And I think it's kind of looking at it and not expecting that under the age of five, you would still be looking that, you know, you the the hormone release may still not have happened. And so once we get over the age of five, if we're still noticing that, then it might be worth considering this kind of low level hormone release. Um, and so ultimately when they're over five and you start to see, you're seeing a huge amount of urine production, it's often about three to four hours after they've gone to sleep. Um, and you're, you know, and I would say that that's probably when you would start to kind of go to a GP and just get it checked out. However, there are a couple of other things. Now, the other one is constipation. I think we underestimate constipation as being anything really related to toilet training or nighttime dryness particularly so constipation really look at your child's poo um, because they could be pooing once a day and that's you know and you think great that's completely normal but is that poo normal is it constipated poo that even though they're regular it's still hard there's still blockage there's all those sorts of things to know your child's poo is really important and that will help you to know how much, you know, is there pressure from the bowel onto the bladder. Um, and so it really can cause significant issues in toilet training, but it can, again, cause issues with nighttime um, wetting as well. So I would absolutely say constipation is one of the first things to rule out when you're in this situation now there are a couple of other things there's um sleep arousal and again i would say this is particularly kind of over the age of five because again you're still waiting on all this other stuff to kick in but it can be when your child's in a very deep sleep and they're not able to wake to go to the toilet in the night but if they have got the hormone release and it's you know, in the correct amount and then they're not low level, then the likelihood is, you know, that should all be controlled. But sometimes some children are incredibly deep sleepers and just don't wake to these um, situations. Going on that, they can't wake, they don't yeah. wake because they're such deep sleepers. Mm -hmm. Does that ever then change? Yeah, it will come. And it's, again, yeah. the, the 
the whole body has to kind of catch up and it is looking at those strategies to help for that so what we would put in place before bed and after bed and those sorts of things to help them avoid you know and then again if their vasopressin um levels are high enough then ultimately that will start to work as well and so they will start to balance out Um, and then the overactive bladder and I think for some children this can be a thing so this is where you need to look in the day once you've got through toilet training and once you're really into a good routine how often and how quickly does your child need to get to the toilet and when they go is it very small amounts Um, because actually that can be a trigger of an overactive bladder Um, and so if they go frequently you know the average that we look at is four to seven times in a day so anything kind of eight or more we would probably say is more than frequent Um, and so it can mean that if you have an kind of sensitive overactive bladder in the day the likelihood is you'd have the same at night Um, and so again continually passing small amounts of uh, wee through the night so those are things but like I said they they are typically what you look at at post five years old under Mm. five Mm -hmm. we are still looking that developmentally children some children will just need time spent yeah yeah. um, so kind of just before we start talking about things that you can do to help with yep. the, the nighttime dryness and things that you should and shouldn't do or, you know, recommendations and stuff. Practically, I I think I've found people giving me suggestions just practically of in the night or because children are going to wet, you're going to have, if you've got a child that's prone to wetting the bed because, like you say, for all the reasons they're not ready, they don't want to wear a pull-up, blah, blah, blah they're potentially even if it's just one occasion and sometimes you will have lots of occasions of them wetting the bed if that's the case then what practical things I mean the things that I would say just from being a mum is always have that spare set of bedding ready to go so that you literally don't have to because I do remember sometimes like grabbling around but where is the sheet you know what do I do not worrying too much about like it matching (laughs) you know almost have it because you're gonna have you know there's a lot of washing to do so always having that there I we use those bed sheets you know that Mm -hmm. you can buy from the supermarket that they do different ages don't they so they do do up to don't they even do up to eight seven or eight even you know so they're because potentially that's more we so Mm -hmm. you it's a bit thicker and they even do pull-ups up to that age if you want them so um so those you put underneath to protect the um I think do you put them underneath the sheet to protect the mattress like even if you've got a mattress you have a mattress protector um yeah try to have one that isn't yeah um there mm. are also now products on the market, which we can probably, you know, put links to in the show mm. notes, but are kind of the sheets that they're, they're kind of the version that you're talking about, those kind of disposable mm. ones that you put under the sheet. They're actually now washable ones, which oh, you can better. just put and they will protect the mattress um, and are very effective. And so, and actually I'd be tempted 
regardless of whether your child is completely you know absolutely fine I'd always have one on there just because you just never know there's the odd accident sometimes mm-hmm. um something like that then the sheet and 100% have a couple of sets all stacked ready to go so and bizarrely I'd also include pillows in that because I have known yeah. children somehow the we is a pillow it is everywhere <laughs> and you're like yeah. how has it got there um i think yeah. it's also with that so have pillow have all the pillowcases done have the duvet done um so they're just literally you strip one you put the other on everyone's you know back to bed because and the other thing i would always have is kind of a pack of uh wet wipes or if you're kind of using um washable wipes have them to the side so you can just give them a quick wash down mm. maybe a towel there as well so you can just give them and then it's a bath or shower in the morning but just get them back to bed and get yourself mm. back to bed but have have it there you might not need to use it but if you do you will thank yourself at two o'clock in the so morning so true um yeah. and you know they get cold would you never give them a shower in the night because i i have done that because they've yeah. been like covered you know yeah. and it's just you just couldn't wipe them no i think it depends it's quite mm. uh, it, it's quite Wakes disruptive them up, for them and it's mm. but again it's your call you, you know yeah. depends on how wet they are you know and everything else but it can be a lot for everyone in the middle of the night to be mm-hmm. and with your your bedding having your pajama like set of pajamas so that they're there uh, yeah all because yeah. again you can never find this stuff at night and you can't think straight and nothing matches they're the wrong size for some reason all the stuff that is not what you need <laughs> you find in the middle of the night it's like these pajamas haven't fit you for like six months why have we still got them and you're kind of putting them on going you'll be yeah, fine but, but they're the ones you're trying <laughs> and the child's yeah, like yeah. skin tight and they're like ah. um so have that all good to go and ready to go but mm-hmm. there are some really good products on the market now to kind of mm-hmm. help with hopefully not having That's such good. a wet yeah because i mean practically you know like we're saying there's a reason for having this podcast because children yeah. do wet the bed so there have yep. to be some things to make it a bit easier um, so one of the things that um we were always told mm-hmm. is put do the routine let them go to bed and then um, when they're kind of in pants and things, about 11 o'clock, half past 10, when you're going to bed, maybe earlier sometimes, but anyway, um, go to bed, lift them out of bed, asleep, even if they're asleep, take them, hang them over the loo, make them do a wee, put them back to bed, sorted, we'll all be fine, blah, blah, blah. However, Mm-hmm. that and I was like sometimes I'm like god that's so good I'm so glad I did that because they didn't wet the bed other times I'm like why did I bother doing that because they've just wet the bed anyway mm-hmm. so what is this whole dream wee thing because you see it all the time as a like a top tip don't you yeah and it's probably the one thing that ne- just wouldn't advise doing because ultimately see, what it's yeah. doing is it's confusing the brain and the bladder. So your brain is in sleep state 
And so your brain's going, I'm asleep. Because you're, you're basically lifting them up and moving them. So the brain's like, right, well, I'm asleep. And so it's not sent a signal to the bladder to say, okay, what's going on? And the bladder's not going, well, I'm full and I need to empty. It's just like, oh, they haven't even talked. But suddenly they're sat on the toilet. The bladder's emptying. Brain doesn't know that that's happened. And then they go back to bed. And so what it's doing is it's not, the brain's not learning and the bladder's not learning that at night when they're sleeping to communicate with each other. So you're confusing the communication. And so ultimately the child is, is weeing and that's fine. But then the next time and the next time, and what you're doing is you're training the body in a way that every night at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, something random happens because the brain doesn't know, the bladder <laughs> doesn't know, but it happens, but it doesn't teach the child, sorry, it doesn't teach the body what's going on. You're tricking the body. And ultimately what it does is it just doesn't know what it's doing. And so it's not helping with that um, release of vasopressin, that hormone, because the kidneys are like, yeah. Something happens, it's gone, so I'll just keep producing. And so all of this clicks into place together. And when we try to trick it, we're actually not doing our child any favours because the, the body isn't able to practice and learn how to cope with the nights. And now you've said that, it makes complete sense. But of course, if you're a desperate parent who's told, yeah. and do it this is, and it'll help, then yeah. it's, yeah... And it's out it's there. It's really difficult. Loads of people talk about Dreamwee. But yeah. we would absolutely say, as tempting as it is, don't. Is, don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so um, the other thing is about, a lot of people say, well, they're potty trained, they shouldn't be wearing a pull-up and nappy at night. Why are you doing that? Like you say, it's that noise around you, isn't it? People yeah. giving you all that advice. So what would you say about that then? Giving Because you've obviously said that they might be dry in the day and not at night, and so it's okay to talk yeah. them through the whole process. Mm-hmm. But it is okay, isn't it, to go, yeah. okay, take your pants off, we'll put your nighttime nappy on or whatever. Yeah, I, I yeah. would... I typically would say that I'd call it kind of night night pants, nighttime nappy, like make it very clear that there's that definition. Um, and then they're like, no, no more nappies. And it's like, oh, but at nighttime, your body can't quite tell. And that's when I, like I said, if the child's older and saying, absolutely, I want mm-hmm. to do this, then you can trial it for five days of, is your nappy dry in the morning? Um, and if it is great, if it isn't, it's like, we might just need a little bit more time because there's this special thing in your body that helps stop all the wee being made at night and it only makes it in the day and talk to them about their body. They need to know how it works, you Mm. know? And that's why, isn't it, Claire, that you you can't really do things like reward charts for nighttime dryness because actually they have no control whatsoever over it. And that's that which is, and, and I think that, to know that is so important because mm-hmm. what you want to do is encourage them, but actually yeah. you can encourage them as much as you like. But if they can't yeah. do it, they can't do it. And imagine waking up and realising you've wet the bed and you're like, well, that's it. My reward's gone. Because I didn't have a clue I yeah. was doing it. I had no control over it, but now I don't get my 
And I think oh, that's the yeah. thing. I think we have to be really careful with this because this isn't mm. just a case of do I want to or don't I want to? It's a case of is my body ready? If it isn't, then we have to use strategies to help it, but we have to give it time as well. So, yeah, reward charts and nighttime dryness, I would really step away from quite considerably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but okay. So you that they can wear, but what other things can you do then? Because obviously they're. I mean, I know that, like you say, you need to wait for it, but there must be other things that you can do to help to encourage it. Is there? Yeah, there? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you know that's only going to give confidence to the child and to you and everything else. The biggest thing I think for our children is again, lots of our kind of followers and everything else talk about how to get children to drink. Um, some children just don't drink Mm. a lot some children drink a huge amount the biggest thing i'd say is be care like look at your child through the day now are they drinking regularly through the day or are they doing all their drinking towards the end of the day so they've really built up that thirst and by the end of the day they're drinking loads and actually that they're loading their fluid intake right at the end of the day then they're going to bed and then they've got massively full bladders because everything's had to be processed we want children to be drinking steadily through the day so that the bladder is filling holding and then releasing so that they practices regularly through the day the bladder is a muscle so we want to strengthen that muscle so the more practice it has of filling and emptying well filling holding and emptying the more effective potty training will be but also it means that that kind of last bedtime wee is is effective. Um, and so when I talk about this last bedtime wee, I, you know, if they have a bath time routine and they're getting in the bath and having a shower or whatever they want to do, once, you know, have a wee before then. So encouraging them to try and do a wee then. Then they might get out, they're doing their teeth, they're doing those sorts of things. Um, and it might be that they might try another week, might not. Then you're going to do your bedtime routine, put your pyjamas on, um, stories, all of those things. And just before it's that lights out, cuddles moment, it's like, okay, last wee of the night. And really encouraging them to just do that last wee and then into bed. Um, I can't, that last wee really does make quite the difference if they need to do that we so always in encouraging that and it becomes part of their routine it's just one of the things that they do because one of the things that you might do mm-hmm. if you're a parent mm-hmm. as i'm not obviously not speaking from any experience whatsoever no. is to go right no drinks after lunch <laughs> like yeah. you because this is gonna because that is like right after lunch this is the thing don't because then it's going to build up and then you're going to but is that that's not right either then you're going to tell me aren't you yeah lunch is quite extreme bex that's quite early in the day i know but it's like but yeah but if you've been up like (laughs) yeah true a lot of people will do at dinner that will be the last Mm -hmm. drink and is that okay well it depends on bedtime on whole it's kind of a, an hour before bed now 
if they've drunk all through the day and they've had a good drink at dinner and all of those sorts of things, there shouldn't really be huge amount of reason for them to be thirsty because they should be fully hydrated. They should be absolutely fine that hour before bed. And if you think that hour before bed typically is a bit of play, bath time, routine, um, getting into bed, having stories and then lights out. So there's not a huge amount of requirement for them to have a lot to drink unless they haven't drunk a lot in the day. And so mm-hmm. that hour before, what you're doing is giving the fluids, you know, obviously don't restrict them. And in the heat, you know, if you're, it's very mm-hmm. hot mm-hmm. or you're on Oh, don't holiday. worry. I didn't say they couldn't, they couldn't no. drink if it was hot. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> No, but you if, can't have a drink. But I'm so thirsty, mommy. <laughs> You're now dehydrated to a point that, um, that there would be no we. Um, yeah. yeah, if it's hot, I understand that you're going to keep on drinking. Um, it's yeah. it's within reason. And if they need a drink, it's giving not a full bottle. It might just be, you know, a, a little bit in their cup. Mm. Yeah enough to just see their quench the thirst and all those things you know giving these massive bottles of water is is not going to help necessarily um and you mean after you mean after tea time don't you yeah 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 or that last hour before bed you know if they ask for a drink it's kind of keep them to a minimum but it's Mm -hmm. also about what they're drinking um and so yeah we were always told no black currant and i was like what mm. yeah yeah so squashes, but that's true is it yeah so yeah. black currant or red berry squashes um or juices actually can kind of irritate the bladder and so mm-hmm. what they do is then they you'll need to wean more from drinking those um obviously you know again things like fruit juices such as like I have to say, I can't name many children that drink grapefruit juice. However, there may be some, but that can be a bit of an issue. Things like lemon, pineapple, orange, again, can kind of irritate the bladder. Um, fizzy water, fizzy drinks can again also do that. And drinks that have um, aspartamin or saccharin in them. So mm-hmm. you d- really, <laughs> it takes you down to water yeah. um, and milk, um, really. Yeah. And so, yes, it's looking at what they're drinking throughout the day um, and how much and making sure it's spread out. And then it's also looking at what they're drinking and how that could mm-hmm. also be irritating the bladder. And also think if it's irritating the bladder and they're drinking a lot of these sorts of things, like the squashes then link it back to that kind of overactive bladder situation. Mm-hmm. Are they weeing a lot? Because if, again, if it, their bladder is being irritated by what they're drinking, you may see that they're drink they're kind mm. of weeing much more frequently. Mm. So, I think um, just the whole kind of message behind it though is that they are not doing it on purpose. A and B, it is not their fault, or it's not your fault if you were, you know, one of the the parents that wet the bed and so therefore mm. put the percentage up. It probably just means that your release of hormone was delayed as your child's, you know, in yep. terms of that kind of hereditary thing. So mm. I think, and for me, 
as a as somebody like I say who's been through it the whole kind of people saying people go you know almost making it like it's a massive thing and it is their fault and they need to be encouraged not you know like maybe reward charts or mm-hmm. you know just let them they shouldn't be doing it dream we all those things actually it's not you know it isn't their fault and it just needs it will happen yeah but the constipation thing I think that was a massive thing for us mm-hmm. that was a huge like it's a game what? changer you know, like, yeah, because you don't realise how close, well, obviously you do realise, but you don't think about it, how close the bladder and the bowel yeah. are to each other. And actually, if one's got something hard in it, mm-hmm. the bowel's got something hard in it, that it's pressing all the time, the bladder's going, oh, I need yeah. another, you know, it's being irritated all the time, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Which I think, you know, if somebody listening to this has got a child who you know perhaps is nighttime wetting and you know they are getting older yeah. that absolutely is something to investigate because it really can change things and you know for some children there are children that will go through to quite a lot older not mm. you know and i think it's again it's heartbreaking for them because they don't want to be doing it they want to solve it and that's why you have so many things in place you know there's so many products like bedwetting alarms um watches that tell children to it just is something that for some and it's you know it's not a huge amount of children but it can go on much longer um and it is you know it will have to be looked at and supported but i think for the particularly those under fives it's looking at kind of putting all these strategies in place understanding how the body's working and developing and then giving your child the chance to practice mm-hmm. and and it will come it's just you know mm-hmm. it's yeah and um there are also lots of bits of information out there not just about dream wheeze and stuff mm-hmm. i mean if you go to eric the um children's bowel and bladder charity they've got a lot of stuff haven't they're they? amazing I think they've got a fact sheet and things yeah if you need more yeah. and even you know they will cover things such as um supporting children with special needs um who are toilet training and nighttime where they have a resource shop um but they also will be able to guide if your child is over the age of five and you're not really you know you're concerned about something they've got their helpline mm-hmm. all of those sorts of things you know and of course you know we're more than happy to help with guidance on those sorts of things mm-hmm. as well we can signpost if needed um i'm particularly helping if it's parent you know, consultations as well yeah absolutely yeah. um and if it's just mm-hmm. a sounding board to how to get help mm-hmm. and looking at you know how to just do these little things to help improve situation for everyone then we're more than happy to help as well yeah so we'll put all of the links to all the bits we've talked about in the show notes um Mm -hmm. if people want more information but the message is it's normal please don't worry and there is support out there so don't rush it don't rush it no exactly just go with your child keep those sheets by the bed yep Mm -hmm. you know your child and you know you know you're the one doing the day-to-day you will know when they are ready or when you might need to seek some extra support good luck yes (laughs) it'll all be fine for all of you (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah thanks for listening 
See you soon. That's everything for today. Thanks for listening. If there's something you'd like us to talk about, we'd love you to get in touch and let us know. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Bespoke Family or head to our website. The links are in our show notes. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the next episode and please give us a rating or review if you like what you hear. We're Bex and Claire and we'll be back soon with another episode of Newborn to Team and everything in between. See you then. Bye.